Welcome to the State of Survival, everyone. Pacific Drive released as a demo to content creators ahead of its February early access. And it's a survival story with an intriguing atmosphere and honestly, really great gameplay. The plot behind it is interesting. And I think that's what makes this game so fascinating. So basically, Dump, when you start the game, you're on a ferry heading to the Olympic Peninsula zone with a package that you have to deliver. Now, it's not in the exclusive zone itself, but you got to drive by and something catastrophic occurs and you are zapped into the exclusion zone and your vehicle is destroyed. So you go out and find an old junker, you reclaim that vehicle, and that's your mobile base of operations. But it's also a character known as a remnant whose needs you must tend to and is tied to you. Since this game is such a weird take on the survival genre, how did you feel that the survival needs you primarily need to maintain are that of the car instead of yourself? Um, it was very interesting situation. I wouldn't say that it was bad because the focus didn't necessarily go away from the game. Like I said, it just shifted to the car and the car, of course, is the body you have to maintain. So there's a lot of uh, situational awareness in this that it's still good because a survival game needs to be attached to something that is a part of a necessity in the mm -hmm. game, right? So if I have to maintain my car, gas, repairs, maybe some quantum field plasma, maybe a hyperdrive, whatever, <laughs> I don't care. I still have necessities to maintain because as the game prominently states, your car is your lifeblood. And if you don't have your vehicle, you might as well kiss your butt goodbye. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, honestly, I was kind of impressed with how they handled it. Whenever you go to a zone to scavenge, you don't drive the whole amount. I was really concerned the Olympic Peninsula would be shrunken down, kind of like Bethesda maps when they shrink down Boston so it's playable. Instead, you click on a zone you want to go loot at. It'll tell you it'll take three hours and it'll tell you how much fuel it'll take. Very like uh, Oregon Trail of it. And then you start driving away from your base. It fades to black and it comes back in that zone. Um, I think it's cool because you get an idea of how much fuel you're going to use on the trip over. So you automatically know, well, my battery is probably going to be low because it's not upgraded. I'm going to need to find fuel and siphon it from scrap cars first thing when I get there. But the other cool thing is your character also has health stats. You have health from damage usually traps and things that uh, remnants and things from the instability that can attack you. But you also have a radiation poisoning meter. So there is a way that you that. yourself could die. Yeah, but it, it's awesome that most of the food and water needs is translated as fuel and battery for the car itself. Speaking of taking care of yourself in your car, the biggest threat in the entire game is the absolutely unforgiving instability. It's a man-made anomaly that is literally changing the area inside the exclusion zone. You could go to a spot to scavenge, and in one moment, it's basically forest. In another moment when you go there, it could be a swamp or a tundra or a desert or mountains. It's insane how it changes the landscape. But... To maintain your card and to protect yourself, the premise of the game is you must loot as much as you can for crafting and making sure that you're not driving too much. Otherwise, you won't be able to make it back home. 
Um, but if you do abuse your car and you use too much fuel, chances of getting home are slim, so you may have to pull the plug. What do you think about the resource time management in the game? Have you ever played a game with similar threats where you need all the resources, but the longer you're out, the more dangerous it is? I would have to say this is what actually makes it more of a survival game for me in this essence, is that this game does put a pressure on you to be aware of your moderation, how much you use, how much you prep, and so many other things. There are plenty of survival games out there that do this kind of scenario where it's not necessarily when you go out, but it's when you're traveling from town to town and such. And in this game, I feel like that isn't necessarily the case 100% in this one, because when you do leave your safe zones and go out to scavenge and everything else, you have to almost, almost doomsday prep for the worst case scenarios but yet not bring too much because you want to also bring some back with you. So this is actually what I think the core of the survival really comes to shine in my view. I, I think my favorite thing about it is that they combined what I call the Diablo inventory. You know what I mean? Like we see it in Tarkov and Daisy and Diablo games where you have a certain grid, you pop things into that grid. But the other thing that's cool about it is all of the crafting is done with 49 different scavengeable resources. So it's more like Fallout 4 and their crafting system. Like you take bottles because they have glass. You take duct tape because it's adhesive. You know, you need to think about this when you're scavenging, even breaking things apart to try to get that stuff in your inventory. But the cool thing too is you could put boxes in your trunk. And when you do that on the inventory screen, on the left-hand side is your, your person and how much you can carry, which is not very much. And then the trunk of the car, which is designated by how many boxes you have in it. And it even stacks the boxes like you have them stacked in the car. So you can visually imagine what's in what box. Um, but with the combination of 58 different kinds of threats in these zones that can kill you, you always got to stay on your toes. And I really, really love that. Like, not knowing what to expect. From what you've seen, what's your take on the balance of driving versus being on foot where you're vulnerable? Well, it combines kind of the two very well. Uh, and it allows you to really think about, oh, hey, there's a place on my left. I'm not going to jump out of my car and loot it because maybe I don't need the resources from this. It seems like the locations are well designed to make you realize what could be scavenged from them versus what can't be scavenged from them. And you're allowed to kind of get this idea of like, I need to stop my car here and go and scavenge while obviously maintaining the idea of how much more crafting materials do I need? Do I have enough fuel? And so on. Yeah, I think another aspect of my gameplay is if you really think about it, the biggest threat out of the exclusion zone is your car. And they do this in a really clever way, plot-wise, but I was watching a YouTuber play it, and I could have swore his car moved on its own because it was right behind him, and he swore the same thing. So I don't know if it's an upgrade he had, but once I started thinking about the plot, your car is a remnant, and remnants are these weird anomalies that become attached to you as a person, but the longer you're around your remnant and the more you, time you spend with it, the more it drives you crazy. And that's so genius. And 
it, it's almost like you you have to play with poison in order to survive, but you can also be poisoned by it. Um, what do, so, what do you think of that haunting idea? I don't know. It's kind of like a Tony Stark effect. You got to drink the stuff that's killing you to keep you from dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fair. That's but, fair. Kind of plays into the whole cool tech vibe, too. But it is an interesting situation because I may have watched the same YouTuber and I think there was something hovering over his car and I could have swore I saw a cable connect. So it's very interesting that there could be two different ways that could have happened that the car moved. But it is a interesting situation that you have something that is a remnant that it seemed like in the very beginning of some of these videos that I've watched are like excited but also hesitant about them. Yeah, like the, the NPCs when they're talking to you and stuff. Excellent dialogue in the game, by the way. Fantastic voice acting. They'll go, oh, you found a remnant. W. Oh, that's too bad. But it turns out that it's because it'll drive you crazy if you if you can't get out of the exclusion zone in time. And, and to your point of that thing that was floating above the ship, I saw another YouTuber, and he's pretty sure that thing steals your battery energy. So whenever Ooh. you see them coming by, you got to be like, okay, i got to wrap up and then move. <laughs> but... Uh... I think the forefront of this game is the breathtaking atmosphere. Of course, it's in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm biased because I live here. Beautiful area. <laughs> but the fact that everything can change on you because of the instability on the dime, I started focusing on certain elements that make it such an immersive game. Um, and I think the world reminds me more of a horror game than other survival games tend to uh, manage, kind of like a Lovecraftian in nature. Um, where the unknown isn't aliens like we originally thought. It turns out it was a mistake because we messed with science when we shouldn't have. But the darkness, the isolation, and oh my God, the audio, it, it creates a painting of a terrifying run for your lifetime settings. But when we originally talked about it, we were talking about how kind of it was beautiful, but they did use a little bit of cartoonic or cartoonistic elements. What was your thoughts on the game's visuals? the audio engineering, the dialogue, and the user interface. Audio? Toby and Francis, mwah. Absolutely good comedy. These people have been around each other for far too long, so they have a little bit of banter. I love how excited they got about the Remnant possibly being a car. They're like, it's been 10 years since we've seen one. It's, a, it's like, and it's a car? And then they talk to the lady. The lady is very <clears throat> off-putting because she doesn't want you there. You can tell, definitely tell, but she has to help you. These kind of elements in the game don't, don't necessarily immerse you. They attach you to these characters. They give you little details, little snippets of information about them that make them actually enjoy. It's not a Division 2 mistake where it's like they're giving way too many details about the situation. It's little finite things that attach you to the world and the environment. The interface, I hope they allow you to choose elements of the interface to uh, hide. Because watching him run around, or some of the YouTubers I've watched run around, the interface looks cluttered. It's distracting. Especially in a game that, from what we've seen, seen in screenshots and other things, it looks absolutely gorgeous. But I'm pretty sure they'll improve upon it when we see the final game. Yeah, I do agree. I love the stylization of it, that it looks like something from the late 80s, early 90s, kind of the font. Uh, it reminds me of a Windows 3.1 computer, the little file icons and stuff. But at the same time, maybe it's because they weren't silencing what objectives they had. It kind of felt like when you have a fully modded RPG, but everything's just showing at once. It was it was a little too much. But 
Yeah. It wasn't blocking my view. It was just too much info. And I'm not entirely sure if that's a drawback. Maybe once we play the game and we learn what we have to manage, that'll make more sense. Um, but yeah, yeah the, with the user interface, I do agree with that 100%. I am just, just quickly, I'm very excited for this game. Uh, like Yarl, it's really close to home for me. So it is a very interesting situation. And one of the things I would like to ask, maybe the developers watch, are some of the uh, staple zones actually going to have iconic possible uh, uh, um, peninsula locations? Something that maybe somebody like me or Yarl might be excited to see. Yeah, and it could even be that the unstable areas, one day it's a mountain, and then the next day, maybe when the mountain disappears, it uncovers, you know, sites and stuff. But I imagine they probably kept a lot of that under lock and key because it's, I imagine, something that delicate and detail-oriented would probably be for early access and not necessarily the demo. But still, I'm very excited. I think repairing the car is cool. You could get, like, liquid Bondo and just be like... Pfft and paint your car with it or the spray foam to fill your tires. Um, Cause man, I was watching Raptor play with a flat tire and that was agonizing, <laughs> but thank you, dump. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm going to be playing it. Hopefully dump will too. Um, it is a single player game, but I don't think that takes away from the fun. And judging from what I saw, it seems like it won't be a game that takes too many game hours, but I do have a question for y'all in the community. In most survival games, you have to worry about your own bodily needs. Does the fact that this game requires you to maintain the bodily needs of a vehicle fit the nature of what you expect in a survival title? Or would you prefer it just be your own character? But that's all we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for when we start live streaming this once the early access comes out. And from all of us to you, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.